Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. So. Kelly. What's up? <laughs> Real simple. To start out, I just want you to give me a little background about kind of what's going on, what you're doing, maybe what some of the struggles are, and then we're going to dig in. I've got some, some notes here already of, of things based on what you filled out with the questionnaire, so it'll be good. But just tell me a little bit of background. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds good. So I started my um, wedding video company three years ago, and before then had got my degree in broadcast production. So I've had a lot of production background. Um, and this year was kind of the first year taking it full time and just growing. And the first time I was really treating it like a business. And so right now I'm at the point where, you know, anyone who is successful and wealthy says you have to have kind of your hands in different revenue streams. So okay. what I'm really looking for is ways to diversify either my wedding video business mm -hmm. or ideas um, that would play along with that or even outside of that, just okay. an outside perspective. Perfect. Well, so a couple things with, uh, with that. So how the first two years, so give me a little, if you're willing to share, share whatever you want or don't want, yeah. but with your, um, I think you've got kids here. So was your husband providing the main source of revenue for the last couple of years? And now you're just wanting to ramp things up basically for yourself? Correct. Yeah. So we've had a lot of life changes in the last year or so. Um, I started my company when we moved back to Omaha. We had a two-year-old and a nine-month-old and my husband was starting a job as a financial advisor. Okay. So we have always been a very much like financially healthy-minded household, <laughs> budget, all Do that good stuff. We don't have debt, all those good things. Um, and so, but what he really wanted was to help people. And through his financial advising career, he still felt like he was selling something and he hated being a salesman. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, last like August, September, we were kind of talking about dreams and goals and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what if I become a teacher? And I was like, awesome. that would be great. That sounds great. So at the time we were in a house that was about uh, like 2,700 square feet. It was too sure. big for us. Sure. So we downsized. We sold our house. We downsized. We moved into a smaller house. He quit his job right after we did that. And we had a nice little nest egg to kind of go off of. But I was like, I have this business that I've started. I have yep. this clientele, but I know that where I currently am right now, I can't sustain it and like yeah. support our family. Gotcha. So the last nine months or so has been great. He's been home full time. I've been growing my business, mm -hmm. raising prices, learning different sales techniques, mm -hmm. attended wedding film retreat in Mexico awesome. in February. Yeah. So awesome. yeah. So that's kind of our life. So in the first two years, how many weddings did you get those two years? 
Sure. So I started June of 2016. I had five weddings yeah, that year, 10 okay. weddings the next year, okay. um, and then 16 last year. Awesome. Awesome. And where is your pricing currently at with the weddings? If you My don't pricing mind sharing, I mean. currently, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year's couples, next year's couples are different, but 2019 couples, um, I believe their like top package was about 3,600 okay, and that's awesome. all day coverage, doc edit, ceremony sure. edit. And what about the prior two years then for the five and for the 10? Yeah. So before then I had two packages. One was a half day at 1500 and one was full day, which was up to 10 hours at 1950. Both of those got full ceremony, full doc edit. Basically I was handing them Sure. Everything. I get it. So, yes. <laughs> I filmed over 300 weddings in my career. Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> I tried everything. Um, and so a um, couple other questions here. Um, what, so let's see, with the pricing, well, I'm trying to think here. So you love weddings, right? I do. Okay, good. Because I always yeah. ask that because it's interesting when people come to me and they say, I want more weddings or I want more this. You know, I can tell by everything. I mean, you're branding what you're doing. You're, you're focused on weddings. So that's yes. fairly clear that the focus is there. Whereas you know, some videographers are very unclear about that. And, you know, a lot sure. of the, the clarity thing is, you know, they're doing weddings because they think weddings are easier to, to, to get going in video, but they prefer to do something else. And so that's a whole sticky point in and of itself. And, um, and they're like, well, do I have a business website and a, and a wedding website? <laughs> and do I combine the two? And, you know, there's, so there's yeah. a lot of different things that can go on there. Now, um, are you, where, how, how's the, the leads? Like how are you, do you feel like, like where you're at with booking? Is there a, is there a struggle there? Is there? Yeah. Um, I don't know. This last year has been really weird. I've been talking to a lot of pros in the Nebraska market and 2019 was just a weird year for everyone. Like bookings were very slow. At one point this year, I was down to 10 weddings because three had been called off and okay, I was yeah. slightly freaking out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but up. as I've read, I usually had a cup, one or two maybe, but yeah, Gosh, it was crazy, which out of like 15, that's quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling really good about it right now. I feel like I am making good use of social media. People are telling me that they're finding me on social media. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I kind of switched up my, not listing. I was like, you know what? If people are going to find me through the knot, I'm just going to go with the most expensive like sure. tier. And if they sure. want to inquire, great. Because I was getting a lot of lower budget brides when they were inquiring. And I okay. felt like, um, I just was, that wasn't converting. I'm not okay. planning on, um, renewing that subscription at the end sure. of the year. Sure. Cause I kind of feel like I'm also working on vendor referrals. Mm-hmm. So currently it feels pretty good with leads. Do, do you have uh, and what about, so in regards to booking them, you know, I had a guy who, mm-hmm like conversion rate? Yeah. Well, there was a level of, you know, cause we got to get into things. He's like, well, for years I was getting 20, 25 weddings. Now for the last four years, I barely booked 14 to 16. And you know, he's like, I just got 30 leads over the last few months. I only booked one person. But the thing was, is that when you really dug in, he only spoke to seven people. So the other okay. 23 people, like after the initial email, which was, are you available? How much are you? And he's like, well, we're this and congratulations and we're available. They never replied back. And so, you know, where do you, where do you feel on that in regards to, yeah, kind of converting the the leads? Yeah. So I felt like when I was at my lower pricing a couple years ago, bookings were like this, like people had no problems putting down a $500 deposit. I could get people booked within a day. 
Yeah. Um, kind of last year when I was booking this year in that kind of mid tier in our market, I would say, um, some people would book right away and some people it was a month and a half. Sure. So lately, um, I've been having people, I've had two couples in the last month book within three hours. Wow. That's awesome. Which, yeah, Kyle, did you just make an Instagram story about that? I did. Yeah. 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 So, um, I have been following a couple accounts, just talking about sales and sales and weddings. And because originally I was like, I'm a millennial. I hate talking on the phone. I wouldn't want to be called on the phone, but surprisingly, um, if I asked to hop on the phone with these brides or these couples, they are more than willing to do so. I mean, it's a big, I mean, I can get into a whole thing about that. I mean, the people I've had, I've just seen it time and time again, the people who are willing and able to get on the phone and have conversations. I mean, it just, you convert more. If you're trying to do all the transacting with somebody you will meet, you will interact with, this isn't an e-commerce business. And so to attempt to do all the, the correspondence and booking and all that without ever speaking to someone, especially the higher and higher you go in rates. Yeah, when you're $500, somebody's gladly will give you $500 or $200, you know, they don't really care that much. But you start getting to three, four, five, eight thousand $8,000, one that gets into the referral game, for one, where people are looking to their friends, they're not looking to Google, uh, they're not looking even necessarily to the not. Um, and then, you know, it's just, I wanna have a relationship, I wanna have a connection, I wanna almost even build a friendship, and that doesn't happen via text. Um, so yeah, the, the phone is, is your friend for sure. Um, a couple more questions here, then I'm going to, I'm going to probably go off on some tangents here in a, in a second. Fantastic. But, uh, yeah. What about same day edits? Have you ever done same day edits? What are your thoughts there? Ryan <laughs> probably maybe, or maybe. Sent this. Yeah, what? I am. I am personally vehemently opposed. You are. Okay. I am. Um, I, <laughs> this sounds ridiculous, but I think it feeds into like the instant gratification culture sure. that our society is taking. And I tell my couples that I don't do them because I want to create an edit that is personal and unique to them. And it's sure. not, I'm just feeding my footage into a system and getting sure. something out by the end of the night. Sure. So that's my thought on that. <laughs> no, that's fine. So it's interesting because through the years, I did my first same day edit in 2006. I saw okay. a guy from the Philippines. I still around today shooting weddings. Uh, uh, freaking. I just blinked out on his name, uh, Jason McBanawa uh, from the Philippines. And he's incredible. And he was the first person I saw do it. I you know, had to go back to my like, office and edit it in between and all this stuff. And, uh, and I was hooked. The reaction that I got, um, all these things. And so you know, back in the day, nobody was really doing it for the most part. So when I'm trying to talk about it, people are like, well, wouldn't it be better if you had more than two hours? Why would we want to show it that night? And I had no rebuttals. Like, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. If I had more than two hours, it probably would be a better video. And, sure. and then I just, I was so hooked. I would surprise them. I would do it. And what I look at now is that depending on one's opinion about what you just said, I'm not going to disagree with what you said right. there necessarily. What I can see it though now is it is a phenomenal marketing tool. So if you like to go in and, 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 you know, add in a bunch of sound bites or things from the priest or the vows and, and, and do all that kind of editing to it, that's next to impossible on certain levels to pull off in a same day edit for sure. But there will be, there's something special that happens when you go from the person who's running around with their, you know, head cut off at the wedding and people are looking at you like, what's this person doing? Like, why are they doing this? I mean, I still talk, I just saw... 
Ray Roman posts that, you know, 40% of weddings still don't have a videographer. I had a DJ buddy who does 30, 40 weddings. He's like 15 to 20 videographers, you know. So weddings and, and video are still not synonymous like it is with a photographer. And sure. so you're there and a lot of people necessarily, depending on the market and where you're at, like Ryan and Kimber, who you mentioned, the Starks, who are up in Quincy or Peoria. I always get confused about the two, but their market had like nobody doing same day edits. And so the weekend we did a day together, they went back the next weekend and did a same day edit. And that really took off their business. Now they like doing it overall. Ryan's a pistol whip of a, of a, yeah. of a person, but you know, if someone wants to, I'm just throwing this out there, you don't have to do it, but I just, yeah. I'm giving an opinion on the marketing aspect of it that it can bring right. while still doing all your normal things, which actually um, on a lot of levels can remove pressure because the least pressure I had was when it was this bonus like surprise and I, right. and I shared it versus they're paying me to do the same day at it. Like that thing more or less has to be delivered that day and you know, has to be in its most excellent form and there's higher expectations, but the ability to just throw it in now also has it where, yeah, I can just make a, a two and a half minute video, not a four and a half minute video. Um, so there was a lot of little nuance. Now I just got hooked on it. My personality was more and more even driven by that. But right. if you want to do your other stuff after the fact, which is a little double-edged sword here that we're going to chime in on what you've put here anyways, which is the word editing. Um, and, and so, you know, for me, the only way I got motivated to edit was when I was doing the same day edit. After the fact, my motivation to sit and edit anything of any style, I mean, I've done long docs, short docs, non-docs, whatever what you want to call these things, 15-minute videos, eight different highlight videos. I mean, I've done them all, and all of them I procrastinated outside of a same-day edit. Even sometimes the support I'd get for editing to help me would procrastinate on even editing the freaking videos. Um, so that's where we got down to that shorter sizzle, but depending on what you want to do here, you know, there's, there's a level of where it can be a great thing because people will see it, and they get to, they've now experienced you all day, they got to experience what that video did. They got to see what you were doing. I had a lady once come up to me at the end of the ceremony and go, you are the weirdest looking person I've ever seen. I don't know what you're doing and I don't know why you're doing it, but chill out, you know, kind of, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, okay, well, don't know what to say, but uh -huh. um, do the same day edit. That same lady came up to me. I'll never forget it. And she came up to me and she goes, I get it. That was incredible. And so there was that level of like, I'm just this crazy guy running around where there's, you know, thinking of the guy who's right. holding his camera and just why doesn't, why is this guy moving? Why is he running around? He's got these crazy contraptions, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then when I showed that, you got to figure everybody at that wedding didn't have to pay a dime to be there outside of the gift and whatnot, you know, but right. they're getting to see how you're dressed, how you're interacting. They get to see what a video looks like and in that moment and there's still people going how did it happen that fast so there's just elements that if someone's willing to do it some are just opposed for very different reasons they don't even want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because of stress and other things which is very right. true but your personality would probably lean to to being able to pull it off and do it yeah. and not have <laughs> it drive you insane like your opposite but um so that's just something that are out there now i want to bring up because the one thing you mentioned which I get pretty fired up about is the, uh, all the, the, the income streams and all that stuff, but I'm going to go to the editing first. I mean, you yeah. put the lowest I've had out of anybody that's filled this thing out so far and they, oh, they get like low sometimes, but you put on a scale of one to 10, how much you love editing, you put a one. Yeah. Um, ironically where you get help is in shooting. 
Yep. You right now don't currently get any help, it looks like, based on what you put in here in editing. Now, talk me through that a little bit in regard. Now, some people I've known, like, do not want to even let go of their editing. There's a whole thing there. But where sure. do you sit with editing and the possible getting support in that area? Um, it's mostly the expense. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, if I was to go through a house, like an editing house where I feel like they have high quality work, I trust them, they have systems, everything like that. Mm -hmm. The cost, I would not be- Have you researched that? To make. Yes. I've gotten quotes. Um, uh, just out of curiosity, where are they? Yeah. Saying? So one company quoted me for like a five to seven minute highlight, which is what I give, uh, like 950. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So especially with, because I turn around in four weeks. That's good. That's great. And so, which is good. But at the same time, I was like, is it worth it to just like currently living expenses kind of need to get covered? And so um, I'm looking into it for next year yeah. for sure. And also my second shooter loves editing. So we're in, in discussions. Yeah. hundred percent. So. I mean, I, there's, there's ways to, you know, my rule of thumb, I mean, when it came to shooting, I was in the couple hundred dollar range, two to 250, right. an extra shooter. A lot of my weddings were done with just me and one other person. I didn't typically need yes. much more than that. And then, um, and then editing, you know, it, it really depends. I mean, I've always been able to groom people up rather than finding the most qualified human on earth. Who's, you know, the most expensive and, and whatnot. And it's right. all relative as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're making $2,500, you might have $250 in a shooter and then another $1,000 in, in an editing cost. Right. It really eats into the profit of the wedding very quickly. Um, and so you, you start to question, question doing it. But how much do you feel that there's a resistance and a procrastination that happens with you on editing? I don't necessarily feel there's procrastination as much anymore, um, but it's really just like with raising three kids that are five and under and trading off that time. Sure. So it's a lot more just like finding the time to do it. Okay. And if I have like, you know, if I have eight hours, I can knock one out. No problem. Sure. But it's like finding eight hours. The time I don't even start unless I know I have like a chunk of two hours. Yeah. To like okay. Get and into that's it. probably hard to find. So that's where it's not, you're procrastinating, but you're not. And there's probably yes, a level, exactly. I mean, if you're dis disliking on some level that much, there's a willpower that you're burning, yes. the energy you're burning. So when you're going through with your family, I mean, I'm learning so much and thinking about this so much lately where we have things that we're competent and capable of doing and we might even be really good at, but we don't love or don't have the desire to do it. And so the willpower that we have to use to do it is very high and long-term it's hard to sustain. And so when sure. you're already burning that willpower through the children and through your husband and through other aspects, by the time you get down to editing, it's like, I know I got to get it done. You probably have some high morals and integrity to live up to your, you know, expectations right. set. But at the same time, it's, it's difficult, right? It, it's, it's a, it's a struggle. So if you're, your second shooter loves editing, that's a great thing to kind of get them involved. I know people also have issues with, I can do it faster and all this and that. But, you know, there's that thing, like imagine for a second that being lifted and the same kind of video you'd put together by yourself is now handed to you on a silver platter by someone else. And you're like, yep. oh my gosh, it looks amazing. I mean, my personality, yeah, when I finally have let go of those things and, and was able to have people honestly do even better, that's the other aspect. It's not just as good or less than, it can be better than what you do yourself it's so freeing because 
you probably, I mean, do you like connecting with people and talking to people? And 100. I'm like, if I could have coffee meetings all day with other vendors, yeah. like meet with but clients. That's where you need to spend the, the time because that's going to be most productive for you because that's where right. other people struggle. So some people don't want to do that at all. Like they don't want to be having those meetings. Again, they're sticking to emails. The person who really right. loves editing is not like you. They'd prefer to just have the footage handed to them on a silver platter than having to go out and network and meet and connect and talk to people and do all that to get footage to be able to edit. And so you'll, you'll gain so much more momentum in your business by being able to lift that off your shoulders. Cause if you start doing 15, 20, 25 weddings, I mean, that's a good chunk of, of, you know, editing that needs to get done that adds stress. And then you're not as, fired up to go out there and meet people because it's like this tug of war between editing, between right. meeting people, between your kids, between meetings and everything for your kids and probably school and then your husband and having a life with him. So it, it adds up very quickly, um, which is why I want to tie into the, uh, and just give my 10 cents. Everything that I talk about too is always what resonates. Like I'm not, I, I try sure. to not, the more and more I've grown and, and kind of matured, I guess, I learned that I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do. Like, I don't want to tell you what you should like, what you should want to do, that you should do a same day edit, that you need to make a certain amount of money. I, I don't care. I had a girl once tell me after we did a day together that she wasn't even going to do video at all. And now she's like, it's co-owner in a CrossFit gym. Like, I just want people to be happy. So I don't really care what you yes. want to do. It's not my ego like, oh my God, this girl wants to learn video and now she doesn't want to do it. What did I do wrong? So... What I find is, is you mentioned, and I, I guess I can bring my context. I've dealt with very high achievers, people who make a lot of money and have achieved a lot of things from a professional standpoint, we'll say. Um, and being around some on a friendship level for sure and others on a professional level, I have learned that, um, and I've been on a real kick about this, is that a lot of people are very well-intentioned with the advice they give, but they're very non-understanding of who they're talking to. So they're not seeking to understand. They hear your problem, they hear what's going on, and they say, here's what I would do if I were you. Oh, it's really easy. Oh, you need seven income streams. You know, I've got this stream and that stream and real estate and an online this and that and all these things. But, you know, I, I don't share these on here. I kind of use it as context. I have a buddy who's a behavioral profiler, and I've known him for five years now. He was the efficient at my wedding. So I've, I've learned a ton about him, but I don't make these about the assessment that I'm looking at currently. Right. They're on the website. People can look at them. But um, the thing is, there's these, these four lines. There's a red, yellow, green, and blue. And the red I use is like the engine of a car. And so a lot of people, most of the people that I'm doing calls with, their red line is not very high. And so what happens with that is when it's not above 50, um, it's not really even in play. And the lower it goes, the more it's just like use cylinders in a car or horsepower. You know, if you're really low below 50, it's like you've got a two or four cylinder car that gets up to about 80 miles per hour, no problem, it'll get you from point A to point B, the car works. But if you're on a NASCAR track, trying to go and keep up with the 200 mile per hour NASCAR. So what happens is, is people in the aspect of not having the NASCAR track, they're on the NASCAR track with their four cylinder car and they're wondering why they keep getting passed up and passed up. And what I've seen is a lot of high performing, they generate a lot of, not all, there's always exceptions to the rule, but like you take the Gary Vaynerchuks of the planet and these types of people or the 18 hours a day, he's going to be a 99 out of 100 and right now you're a 21. 
you know, and so there's this level of like, yeah, he, he, he's got a busy brain. Those types of people, they like to walk into a room and want to bulldoze a wall where me and you might look like, it looks good. Like, I don't need to cause any conflict. I don't need any problems. And so what happens is, is people like that tend to love to give advice. They love to say, here's what I would do if I were you. And then they'll look through your problems through the lens of their life, not to hurt you, not help, you know, not to have you not succeed or lose or anything like that, but rather it's just the only way they know is to just see life through their lens. And I did that for a while. And so what I find is, is the more scattered we are, the more splintered we are, then the less likely anything is to do very well. And so as soon as you, I mean, I don't know about you, we've just been talking about the multiple things you already have to do. If you start looking for how do I invest in real estate and create an online course and do all these other things, now you start pigeonholing yourself into all these other things and nothing gets a lot of attention. They all get a little bit of attention. And the people who, who can do a lot tend to have the, the, the drive way higher, you know, the ambition way higher. They can multitask way more. And a lot of times, which I've had some people take for granted, some of these people, before they start building multiple streams of things, they did do really well with one thing. And they made a lot of money with that one thing. Now they're like, I got excess cash. I'm going to invest a little bit. I'm going to do this. And then they can hire people. I mean, you look at a, a Richard Branson He's got 300 companies, not because he's inside of every single one of them, managing them and doing everything. He has the vision, he has the money, he hires the people, and the people run it, and here and there, they might check in. And so when you're one person and there's not a lot of delegation happening, you're already taking care of your, your family and your kids and your husband and life, and then you're having one business right now, the wedding video business, you're more likely you know, to get that to six-figure income just that than you are to get seven streams to a six-figure income. Like, let me have 20,000 here and 18,000 here and 50,000 here. Um, and so I just see where there's a lot that can be done. If you know, I love weddings. I want to do weddings. And how do we streamline that? How do we maximize that and free up time, free up mental bandwidth, but have that win big first and then start seeing, okay, I got a, a pretty well-oiled machine. I feel really good about this. I need a little bit more variety. I need, I need to shake things up a little bit. And then you start shaking it up and doing some other little things. But to not have things dialed in and to start to splinter that focus and splinter that energy and attention, um, I just, and this is partly because I see similarities in us and this has been my biggest Achilles heel, is when I've been crystal clear focused, like things exploded. And when I've been shiny object, you know, squirrel syndrome and right. just all yep. over the place, it's game over and not in the positive game over. Like, boom, game over. I won. I got this. But rather, yeah, this sucks. Like I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. I got anxiety. I, I can't think straight. And I'm not really known for anything because I'm known for a whole bunch of things, but not really even known for them because nobody sees me in like the expert or authority in those areas. So that that's my 10 cents there. If it resonates, yeah. great. If it, if it doesn't, you know, that's, that's always my thing. That's why I, I make sometimes observations and the goal is like, does it resonate with you? Because that's what people, again, don't do. They just say these point blank things to you in passing at coffee for 20 minutes and they hear about your situation. Oh, uh, hell, you need seven streams of income and da, 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 da. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like, well, this person makes a lot of money. They seem to be really successful. They know what they're talking about. So there is a four as a byproduct. I should probably listen to them. And that's what I've done because right. we have kind of lower self-worth, lower self-esteem. And we look up sometimes to others who are 
and at times you've got to look too, like holistically at the person. Do you love the right. life they live, the lifestyle they live? Do they have a great relationship with their kids and their husband? Or are they all focused on business? So yeah, you know, 90% of the time they're focused on their eight business streams of money, but their relationship with their husband sucks. You know, it doesn't right. have to be that way. And I'm not saying that is always the way. Right. But um, those are the things I've started to observe as I start to take opinions and advice now from other people is to look holistically. Are they seeking to understand? I just had a, a guy, I'm friends with him, great guy. It was about two weeks ago. I was so pumped about what I was, I was doing and working on. And he immediately goes to why that's not a good idea and I shouldn't do this and that. And what I have found now having trended through two different scenarios in my life I called it the my way decision back in 2010, 11. I didn't call it that then. I kind of looked back and saw what happened, but I was doing everything for everybody, very confused, stressed, like didn't matter what they asked for within video. I would do it, all sorts of things within weddings. And I found a sweet spot. I found what I loved and what really was the couples loved because really all the other things I was producing, I wasn't as proud of. And I'm making these like industrial videos that were just, not exciting me at all and what I was creating. And so I said, I'm going to shoot, edit, dress, speak, everything like my way. I'm going to stop listening to all these people who are telling me like the same day edit, for example, for me, I loved, but I would get questioned by peers. I would get questioned by people who didn't understand, but yet the couples that I did it for, they were like, you know, my biggest advocates, you know, and, right. and out there telling everybody and they loved it and they'd have their DVD and be like, well, the only thing we've watched is the same day edit. We watch it all the time. And I'm like, well, freaking heck, I love the same day edit. And yeah. So I focused on that and I honestly removed almost everything else I was doing. I exploded because I was copying my peers. I was like shot by shot trying to pick out songs and do things that they were doing. Right. And it just became, I'm a conglomerate of all those people and myself, but I'm not going to listen to the people who aren't paying my bills, right? The peers aren't paying my bills. Um, the people who don't get it just don't get it. But the people who do, they'll bend over backwards to be able to book me. And so the same thing happened with coaching and stuff is where I allowed these people I looked up to who were peers to not understand what I really love, how I'm wired, what works for me, maybe not works for them because personality behaviorally, they could be my polar opposite. So what I love, like I love talking. I have friends who are my opposite, like my gosh, you know, I don't know how you want to talk to people all the time. Like I, I'd want to jump off a cliff and I'm like, I don't know how you want to sit in front of your computer eight hours a day twiddling, you know, with whatever Excel yeah. spreadsheets and things you love screwing around with. So, you know, there's that level of like understanding that. So anyways, that, right. I told you I'd go on a tangent there, but you know, that's something to just keep in mind because with your drive and your focus for weddings and the love and passion that I can see just through the little bit I've seen on social media, if you can remove a lot of that noise right now right. and stay in those, that wedding zone, you'll blow this puppy up in, in, in the next 24 months or less. And you'll be getting, you'll have, cause pricing as well is kind of a couple things. It's supply and demand. So, you know, you only have one Saturday that you can do. So if you've got one point in time, I had 12 people interested in one Saturday. There's a lot more control of what you can do over pricing because there's somebody in there who probably, they want you and they'd almost do anything to get you. Right. Um, and the other thing is who you're dealing with. I found out that, you know, when I wanted to do the same effort for more that I had reached a cap at about 3,900, maybe 4,500, but really about $3,900 or less. And the leads I was getting were in abundance 
to book between three to four thousand dollars. As soon as I started to go above that, it was like big drop off because I didn't have enough referrals and friends and relationships and connections with people who might do $20,000 just for their flowers, you know, or right. a, a $10,000 photographer. If your friend, all your friends in photography are getting $2,500, probably going to be highly unlikely that they're coming to you to pay $5,500 for a video right. until there's a brand and a reputation and they've got to have you first. But if you're 18th down the line of who they booked because they didn't even think they wanted video, the budget there is going to be a little bit of an issue because they might not already have a big budget to begin with. And now you're coming in as an afterthought. So building that brand and that reputation and making those connections um, are so important to the growth of being able to, the pricing, it's just a capacity. I use like the water bottle all the time. You know, this, this holds 16 ounces. You put it under the sink for eight hours, it holds 16 ounces. It doesn't have a capacity to hold more. So some brides, you know, their capacity is 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand for the whole budget of everything for their wedding. But you take a, I don't know why Ray Roman keeps Copping up in my Instagram feed all the time. Been friends with him forever, but you know he's doing like million dollar weddings, and he's still only getting twenty or thirty thousand dollars out of a million dollars for a wedding. And and so and he's at the top tier. So it's like, where's the other nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars going? Not to him, you know. Right. It's going to a hundred and fifty thousand sometimes for flowers and three hundred grand for food. Um, so understanding that helps who am I dealing with? Who am I connected with? Who are my relationships with? And where are these leads coming from? Cause you could have all your sales and everything dialed in and your work could be the best there is. But again, if, if you get a thousand leads and they're all people whose budget was 20 grand, it, it doesn't matter how great you are. You're not going to sell them $15,000. You'll have the exceptions. You might get a few out of that if you had that many leads, but that's like, you know, that's not what you want to shoot for. I remember a company, right. uh, Still Motion, actually talking about this back in the day. I think they're still around a little bit. I don't know if they do weddings as much, but they're called Still Motion. And, and they talked about how they had a wedding where the reception, they had like note cards that said, we apologize for uh, the fact there's really nothing here because we spent all our money on, you know, on Still Motion. And I remember hearing that somewhere and I was like, I don't know if that's something to be really proud of, but you know, I, I guess that's, that's great cool for, for them, them. But like, but yeah, so I don't, I never wanted to be where it's like, it's cool. But if that's what you're trying to do is like squeeze out of the people yeah. who don't have as much, you're going to have to get a thousand leads to find 10 people to give you versus, you know, having a thousand leads and being within somebody's budget, you might be able to book 400 of those people, you know, if you're right. in the right, they got the right capacity, especially depending on how good you are. So anyways, all that being said, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind? What are some questions from, from that? Yeah. I'm just thinking like really focusing in on wedding brand mm -hmm. and like growing that. So obviously outsourcing editing, I'm planning on implementing that soon. But one of the other things that I am like playing around with is, um, doing a second team okay. of shooters. Sure. And so just because wedding season in Nebraska is like April to October. Okay. So like the idea of booking like 40, 60 plus weddings a year is very foreign okay. in the sense of just like, I don't really know if, I guess, I don't know if the demand is there. And if the demand is there, would I want to do that anyway? Yeah. yeah. And so just kind of- 25 to 30 became about my- uh... Cap. Yeah. See, I'm just like, even 20, I think would be yeah. good. But if I was able to outsource more of the editing, sure, I could do more. Um, yeah, that's but, always the back of your thought, right? Like if I keep taking on more and I have more of to do something that I don't enjoy as much. 
Right. So it's hard to exactly. push to do more of something when on the back end, you end up with a bunch of things you don't like. That's where I see exactly. people with marketing and pushing and doing that. It's like if you're pushing something that at the end of the day you don't want, how hard will you really push to make it happen? Yes. But if you can remove some of that, that weight, now you're more excited because you know, oh my gosh, that, that's going to get done. It'll be great. Right. And um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, like thoughts on, have you trained up second teams? Yeah, like- I've seen people. So, you know, there's the thing again, right? Would you, because you can get to certain numbers. I think you had a number in here like 80, right? Mm-hmm. That we had? Like 80,000. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, let's do um, 20 weddings. $4,000 is $80,000. Right. Only doing weddings, nothing else that you ever take on, just weddings. If they're all four, that's just easy math. Now there'll be this ebb and flow. Now you could start to have it where you're in that 2,500 to 3,500 and now you've got another whole crew going out. So maybe you're doing 20 and we call it $3,000. So now you've made 60,000. And then you're still 20 short. So now is that being made up by this other crew? And, and what are they getting? Are you right. even making them more budget than yourself? Um, so if you were at three, are they at 1,500 or two or 2,500? And then, you know, you start getting into that. And so now they're going to have to get paid more because they're not a little second shooter person that comes right. and helps out. So they're not getting right. $250 or $500. They might now be getting, you book them for 2,500, you might eat, half that in, in cost yep. to, to do that because otherwise what I've seen happen at times, if they're not really taken care of where you're providing yes. a ton of leads and then simultaneously they see, yeah, this is better than me just doing this because as soon as they're rocking and rolling and they got this under the control, they've seen what you're doing. They're thinking, well, why do I want to go shoot this wedding for $500 on Saturday when I could make 1500 or 2000 myself. Now, of course, the business aspect people underestimate for sure and the yes. getting the business, but yeah. I've seen that happen. I've, I've seen that where depending on where somebody's at, you find fresh blood and they get trained up and they're doing a decent job fast and they're just excited to be doing the work and whatever they can get is great because they don't have any business or anything going on. But long-term, they've got to be taken care of and really seen as part of your brand and, and really- right get excited about that. So they don't want to have to do anything themselves because it's worth it to keep doing it through and under your brand. Um, but that's where now, I don't know, let's just call it again. You make a thousand dollars to $2,000 off of each one of these second teams. Um, you know, it can add up, you know, if you, if you're saying you think you could each do 20 weddings, so that's 40 weddings that now happen between two teams because there's overlap on days. Um, you know, you make 20,000, I guess, on the high end, 40,000 from the second team. I would more consider even doing that when you've maxed out your current, like if you're finding, sure. oh my gosh, I, I had, you know, um, all my dates had five people or, you know, things like that where you start to see that, wow, there's, there's, there's something here I could have done because really, versus even creating this like, ulterior option that is like, well, they can't afford me at 3,500. So here, take my B team at 1,500 bucks, you know, 2,000. I think the idea was to have it like A and then like A team, like two A teams. Sure. Yeah. And that's great. But yeah, I told, and like just training them up is mostly what I'm 
Yeah. And there's again, right? So you, you're going to have people that you would be training up because the likelihood is either one of two things. They've already gone down the path of self-employment and self-doing it. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I love shooting weddings, but I'd really prefer to not do anything but show up and and rock it out. Um, And so they might be really decent, not need training because they already understand they don't want to mess with this. That would be a unicorn. You find that kind of person, you're in really good shape. Otherwise, you got the person who's already rocking and rolling and they've got a company moving. The likelihood is unless your brand's really built up and like, oh my God, I get to work for Kelly, you know, and they do that. Otherwise, yep. you're getting the person who's kind of ground zero. They've never shot a wedding. Now you start conditioning them under your brand and under your, or not your brand, but your weddings you're doing. They're coming right. with you to your main weddings and maybe, and this is a longer term play. So now over the next six months to a year, they're coming with you. They're learning the ropes. They're doing their thing. And you're like, wow, they could, they could definitely, they've been with me to 10 weddings or eight weddings or whatever. I'd feel confident because you know, for me, the most stressful thing was no one took it as seriously as myself on this. So editing, I'm totally can outsource that. Shooting, I did. I had people do it. And I really played Russian roulette a number of times with situations and people almost not showing up. And I'm not trying to create the, the negative. Oh, yeah, like, no, I know. It's the one thing you cannot redo. And it's yep. also not an easily, like, replaceable thing where, you know, <laughs> person gets drunk they don't show up they get sick they go whatever but it's that's not my company you know whatever if they don't have enough integrity which hopefully they would but it's like that's not an easy person on nine o'clock in the morning on saturday to then have another qualified person show up yeah i just think it's build that solid solo brand to begin with and and start to get people conditioned through you and then if the demand starts to build up and some of those people with you you feel confident in and you trust them you're like i've I know them. They're like a sister. They're like a brother. Right. Totally would trust them. I've got the demand. Start experimenting with that. But probably over this next 12 to 24 months, again, that's, that's one of my biggest things with, with these calls and everything is like the focus. Because when right. people get the focus and remove the like, thinking about this and I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking yeah. about this. And because it sits there and you might not implement. And so yeah. the, the not implementing part, but it all sitting there is baggage of things you're thinking about. It just slows down the... Here's what I'm going to do to, to make relationships, make connections, rock out these weddings, and then by, pro, by proxy, build a brand and a reputation where people are just excited about working with me and like they got to have me. They're not right. like I emailed five people from, I was going to say Godzilla, I don't know why, but uh, the, uh, the not and, and uh, you know, and, and the not and they email these people and what happens with pricing sometimes is they have a price in their head, say 2000 Right. And if they email five people and it's one, two, three, four, five, anybody at like above two, they probably won't look at if one and two are already like decent because they don't care. If they're emailing a bunch of people, there's a level of like, I like their work. It's important, but not that important versus when your friend Sally, who's a photographer is like, Kelly is your videographer. Like that's who you've got to have. Right they're not looking anywhere else, potentially, unless they already knew of somebody else. But a lot of times, you know, first time getting married, I don't have a million opinions of who I want to book. So you're looking to people you trust, yes. especially on the higher end. And, and that's where yeah. you'll be. Where when you get in that bottom feeding kind of, they just go to Google, they go to these wedding websites Facebook. and they just yeah. contact everybody and their brother. And they're like, oh, well, wait, you had videos on your website? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I just went <laughs> to your contact form. <laughs> like, okay. 
Do you do things other than videography? Do you do photography too? Yeah. <laughs> no, no well, I do. Some people do. They do photography and the flowers and, you know, wedding. Yep, parties. everything. So. Yes. Okay, one other thing that I was thinking about, just talking about like relationships and kind yep. of like who you're around is who you're going to book from yep. and photographers and different things sure. like that. So because I have jumped so drastically over the last year, I feel bad, which I shouldn't feel bad, but I feel bad like because I feel like I can't refer my friends who do great work okay. at these lower prices. Because you're saying you've jumped above some of your friends right now in pricing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Even just like photographers and different things like that, where I've like built these relationships I know, and I know that they would refer me to the end yeah. of the world. Yeah. But I feel bad because I feel like I can't necessarily like return the fame. Okay. Well, talk me through that. Why you, cause it's, sure. it's, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like, I, especially so like for video, mm-hmm. I like to refer other videographers who are in kind of that same price tier sure. as myself. Yeah. So that way people get a good idea of like, oh, this is actually what things cost. Sure. Sure. Um, and I had one videographer in particular, like kind of call me out on it. He's an older gentleman who does budget brides. And he was like, you know, I know I've sent lots of referrals over to you, but like, I have never heard anything from you about like referrals that you've sent to me or anything like that. And I'm like, well, I have, but I also haven't like sent you a Facebook message being like, hey, sending this sure. ride your way. Um, and so, but then also with like other photographers who maybe cap out at about 2,800 mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I also feel bad that they're referring me because I feel like their couples can't necessarily afford or would sure. have the budget sure. to pay four to 5,000 yeah. for video. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, it feels messy because it is like emotional relationships. Yeah, well, we're, you know, we're emotional people more so than others, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like where we thrive is relationships and like yeah. getting out and talking to people. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword though at times because yeah, you, you, I mean, I had people where I did brothers and sisters, you know, they had three of them that right. got married and I started with the one for thousand dollars and by the time the sure. third one got married i'm charging four thousand and they're wondering why can't we get the thousand dollar or the now the two thousand dollar rate that we got with the other two right and my thing was is that first of all i always joked i never said this thing but i'm like gas prices change all the time <laughs> you, know, you can't Amen. control that but uh yes. but the bigger thing was is once i knew i think anyone with pricing should be flexibility uh should be flexible only and if you, I mean, there's always a nuance and a context to the relationship of the scenario, but right. when you're like struggling to get to a certain amount of weddings, to me, it's better to wheel and deal a little bit, not based yes. on doing a lesser quality product, but rather just getting the job and doing the job. So you're getting out there more. Cause I've seen people who are like, I've been doing this for three years. I've done about three, four weddings a year at about $3,000. I'm like, do you really want to do weddings? And the reality is if they don't, okay, then that's fine. Let's move on to the next topic. But if they say, no, I really want to do weddings. Okay, well, would you rather right now do 30 at 1,000 or three or five at at, at 3,000? Yes, you're getting more. It's less work, but you'll never build a brand or reputation being out at two weddings a year, three or four weddings a year. Like, and then again, you don't do a same day edit. So now the only way that thing really gets marketed is the online part of it and, and whatever shares and viewings get seen in that right. context. Um, and some people that gets so disassociated with the way they post it. So nobody really even knows who the heck made the video. And, and I think that in 
in the online world, there is lots that people are now seeing. So that's why I, I do love the same data from that aspect. It still has this right. differentiation and association with an individual. Whereas I'm just in my feed and the wedding video from my friend shows up, there becomes less of an association. And if I'm not getting married, by the time I get married, there might be a, a, a top of mind awareness thing happening with somebody else. Right. And whereas I always found that there was this like, when I get married, I'm booking that person, like booking me. When I did the same, the edit, like there was something because they saw me, we interacted, they might've come up to me. There was an experience, right. there was a connection created versus ones where- And they couple, see the end product. Yeah, well, I had couples that, you know, I didn't even get an email from them. And three years later, they had kids and they wanted me to do a slideshow of their kid's first birthday. And I'm like, they're like, do you remember me? Oh my God, we love the video. It was so amazing. I'm thinking, I know exactly who you are, but I mean, I never heard yes. of Pete. You got the DVDs, nothing, no, no, anything in any way, shape, yeah. or form that you even received it. I always was, <laughs> no news is good news, I guess, but, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, there's that level. So, um, so in regards to doing that with, with the referrals though, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess when I'm thinking about this right now, um, I'm much more, do I really like the person? Sure. Like if I really like the person, I'll let someone make judgment because I might just want to work with them. So if I've happened to yes. elevate now to some pricing that's different where maybe when they refer me because they haven't been able to, to up level yet or whatever, right. they may or may not be able to afford me, but let that, let that lean on the couple's Sure, decision. that makes sense. Because I've also seen 500 to to $1,000 easily be wiggled from people from the photographer's 2500 you're at 3500 right. but they said, that photographer said, you got to work with Kelly. I'm like, wow, it's a, little, it's a little bit more than we were hoping to spend, but you know what? We love you, and we've now met with her. She's awesome. Let's do it. Because there's, again, that relational aspect. Sure. So I wouldn't let that aspect, and then referring backwards, you know, now that you're more and, and they're less, should you have a photographer that now is above you or whatever? If you become friends with new photographers and new things, that is what it is. I mean, you're already going to run into a situation. The more people you befriend, you know, yeah. Who are you going to refer? I got five photographers. They're all awesome. You know, what, right. what do I do? Um, and so I, I just think that that's a, there's, there's no great answer there, right? Yeah. That's the thing. You just, you, you kind of instinctually, cause I've even seen, and you'll know this intuitively, like this, this, you know, I'm going to use Sally and Mark and sure. whatever, you know, yeah. Mark's a great fit for this couple. I want him to connect with Mark. And just knowing Mark's personality and these a little bit, Mark's sure. Susie over here would be awesome. So you, you'll probably intuitively feel out couples if they don't already have the vendor that you're potentially going to refer. Right. Just think through and you don't have to get into the, into the messiness of pricing. Just get into the right. personality and the person. And I sure. actually got up-leveled. My, my original up-leveling of pricing was because the photographers referring me were like $6,000 and I was getting like 800 bucks. And I'm yeah. like, something's wrong here. Now they didn't stop referring me because I was cheaper. They liked me and they preferred to work with me. So right. they would highly recommend it. But then I did up level my pricing. So sometimes, you know, be the example <laughs> and the change you want to see kind of aspect. Right. There's that level of you might even just up level your friends. If they're like, wow, Kelly's getting $3,600. I'm still getting $1,800 for my photography she's starting to send me a bunch of leads. Maybe I sure. can charge a little bit more. And, and now over time, they, they start to be able to raise their prices a little bit. So that makes sense. So that helps a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, thoughts? We're, we're still good here for a second. I mean, I've got, I've cool. got on my, on my time another. Yeah, I'm good. I need to answer a go? text real fast. No, I just need to answer a text. Um, okay. So then we've kind of talked about revenue, all that kind of stuff. Um, Okay. So as far as like, so I guess what I'm running into is like multiple leads for a date. So you're having that. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Which it was kind of leading to like the team sure. idea. Yep. Yep. Um, sure. But then when you were talking about it, you're like, well, you know, if I have five people inquiring for this date, I could kind of like raise, you know, either like raise well, prices. Here, so here's the thing with price. So what I got to when that started happening is that's where the flexibility I was mentioning earlier starts to play less and less and less. Because if I sure. knew okay. I've got five people interested, why am I going to bend for someone to do right. $1,500 when my normal price is 3000 Because by God, there's probably somebody coming along who's going to pay 3000 um, Sure. That's where, but when I'm like, I get about 20 leads a year right now. <laughs> I want to do everything I can to potentially outside yes. of the personality of the person. Like you're like, we just don't jive. I don't, I don't want to even mess with this. There's a bunch of red flags like that kind of right. stuff. But the worst thing I had is when I had the small, medium package, you know, a uh, small, medium, large or the bronze, sure. silver, gold type of thing going on. And yep. I'm like, Sally comes along and books me for my bronze cheap thing. Cause she doesn't care that much. And then Susie comes along and says, Oh my gosh, we've been following you for the last three years. We want you so bad. And you're like, well, I'm booked yep. with somebody who doesn't care that much. And so I started to make sure that I had my pricing where I'm like, no matter who gets it, I'm happy, yes. you know, yeah. rather than like I book somebody at my cheapest, make a not as good of thing, you sure. know, type of thing. And then some super fan comes along. And so that can happen quick. Like you're, you know, you're three years in here. So that's going to start happening also more right. and more and more where people really want you. And there's that level at times of, you're going to run into it sometimes where you still book somebody regular pricing. You're happy with it. It's all good. They're nice. And maybe an even more super fan comes along. It just is going to be what it is. I mean, you, you, right. you play, play that card. You can't always just sit back and well, they were, they were excited, but there's probably somebody more excited, you know? Right. That that right. game I don't play, but the pricing I definitely ran into that where it's like I booked a thousand dollar wedding and then somebody two months later came and booked three thousand yeah. dollar package. And that's disheartening because typically the person who I did it for a thousand doesn't see it as valuable. They don't care as much. They're not excited right. about it. That's why they didn't want to even pay more. They're like, Oh, can you come down? We can't really afford it. Unless you see the enthusiasm oozing out of someone and money right. potentially is an issue. And then there's still a fine line of well, people will find it. You know, people could tell you that. Well, they'll still find the money. So don't bend. And, and I've seen people that are like, don't, uh, you know, don't do anything. I stayed at 4,000. These people wanted me to go to 3,500 and I stuck strong at 4,000 and somebody booked me a few weeks right. later, 4,000. Yes. That's when there's the demand that you more have for your brand. You yes. can stick to your guns on, on pricing, but when you don't have that as much, that's where the flexibility can come in a little bit more. And that's yes. just an ebb and flow with your kind of career and where you're at and, feeling out how many leads you're getting. Um, I'll yeah. talk to you about packages though for a second. Yeah. It, there, there's lots of walks and talks. I don't necessarily, what I'm about to say is not the perfect way, the right way, the only way. Um, but I did find that at least how I was wired, I wanted to always do excellence. 
And so sure. I felt that with multiple options and hours and all these packages that there was like tiered levels of excellence. And what happened was I still created the top tier in regards to, regardless of what they purchased. Right. And so now with editing, that's one thing that's different. But in regards to my time and hours and all this, I just found that I just wanted to be there to rock the day. The day was done for pretty much here, regardless of what someone booked with me. And I found that we can't sit here and expect the couple to know what's really needed. And so they might think to try to save money, well, I'm going to get some six hour thing or, or whatever. And right. then you run out of time anyways. And you're being like, oh, okay, well, what do I do? Do I go up to them and say something, you know, things didn't go as planned. And now you're I've done that for like 75% of my weddings and I invoice them for extra hours the next day. Do you? Okay. You're yes. good about that then. And do you get paid every oh, yeah. time? Do they complain? Yep. Nope. Yeah. Because okay. at that point, they don't care. Interesting. They just know they want you there through dances. And because mostly I talk to them beforehand so about- And do you set that expectation ahead of time then? Most of the time, yes. Because we'll go through the timeline. And mm -hmm. then if we run behind, they kind of have that expectation. And so, but I've always told them beforehand, like the reception is really- where the videographer like kind of shines compared yeah. to the photographer. Cause the photographer gets about seven to eight shots of yeah. each dance. We yeah. roll through everything. Yeah. And so like, we have to be there for toasts. We have to be there for the first dances. And if you want dance floor footage, sure. A photographer can stay for five minutes and get what they need. And you have a gallery full of dance floor images. Yeah. But for us, like give us half an hour and we can give you some good stuff. I'd be curious it's, I'm glad you don't do it the day of because I hate I, I always outshine photographers who went up to people at their receptions and are like, your time's up. It's $500 more or whatever. Um, yeah. That is the last place that you should be bringing up doing that. So you're just saying right. you just stay and film and- Yeah, I kind of go up to them when their time is up and I say, hey, just so you know, it's about this time. I'd be happy to stay longer. Are you interested in that? They're like, yes, that's fine. Sometimes they ask what the cost is. Sometimes they don't. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll send you an invoice tomorrow. Okay. Always totally fine. And you've got it paid every time, like you said, too. Do you get yep. all Do you get all your money up front? Do you do 50 bucks? Yes. Your so I always do. So my structure currently is like a $1,000 booking fee just to get the date locked in. And because I'm a la carte, closer to the wedding day, we set like how many hours they actually need. Okay. And so, um, but yeah, everything is paid in full by the wedding day. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, that that's a... Uh, it's an interesting thing. The things I, I try to think about are all the little, because I've seen people, I don't know what you do here, but I've seen ones where it's like mileage and all these little Oh, nuances. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you the have, I just call it nickel yeah. and diming type of thing? Yes. Do you have yeah. that going on? Um, anything outside of 90 miles around Omaha, I just give them like a flat travel okay. fee. I say I charge mileage, but then I okay. don't like give them the nitty gritty details. I'm like, it would be this much for a travel fee. Yeah. And so most of the time that's because I don't want to have to spend the night overnight somewhere sure. at like home with my family Sunday morning. Of course. Um, and so yeah, normally that's not really an issue, but once I built in like a 90 mile radius into my pricing, yeah. that got people a lot more because some people are like anywhere outside of Omaha proper. I'm charging, you know, IRS 53 cents a mile, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's so. what I mean. And, and there's that level of, of, you know, at least in my career with that and even other things I've done, I found that couples and outside of couples, anybody you're working with, the biggest thing they want to remove is stress, is anxiety, yes. is the pressure of finding this, thinking about this, worrying about that. And so the more I can come in as a vendor, and I, I honestly, 
I'm not talking smack on any specific person or anything like right. that, but I'll talk against what other people tend to do. So this idea yeah. that people are nickel and diamond for travel and they're this and that for hours. And I'm like, I don't want you to have to worry about anything. When I come, I'm there to rock your day. So the videos that you see that I've gotten, I'm going to usually show up somewhere and we, we figure out the times, but somewhere between eight right. and 10, and I'm going to be there somewhere between eight and 10, depending on what's necessary to get these key things that we've also talked about and what normally goes in a lot of the videos I do. And, um, and there was something about this power to know when they booked it, they didn't have to think about anything else. Now I wasn't, sure. I had done love stories. I had done bridal elegance videos and love stories. <laughs> oh, you said you, which one? I hate love stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's just exactly <laughs> why at the peak of my career, my deliverables were, I show up and rock your day. I typically bring a second person. My cameras at the ceremony are typically three to four, um, two at the reception. We're getting all the kind of B-roll type of things. You know, I mics on the, the, all the important people and things for the ceremony and for the reception. And then the deliverables was a basic AB cut of the ceremony, AB cut of the reception between the two cameras for the reception, between three or four cameras at the ceremony. And then at the peak, and then it was the three and a half to four and a half minute kind of same day edit. And my couples actually, because I had somebody who was shooting with me and when they did edits, they would incorporate some of the priest and other things in there. I had sure. done so much of music video only edits that I literally had couples go, I do not want any sound bites or anything in the video. I just okay. want the, now I'm not saying that was what happened for me. So, right. I loved, uh, that was my, I mean, in all the video that I've ever done, my sweet spot has been shooting. And if I was to edit, it was a music video type of edit. That is the okay. thing I thrived at. If I have to start thinking through, especially in our non-wedding world, when we're getting two hours of interviews or testimonials and we got to stitch that down to a two minute video, it's like, I'll procrastinate until I'm blue in the face, like pulling teeth for me to try to do that. But if I just yeah. want to take the B-roll, find an epic song and slice and dice and you know, do some things there, that's where I thrive. Now, that's what people expected from me. So sure. at my peak of my career was unlimited hours. And when we're still doing DVDs, I mean, I honestly gave unlimited DVDs because I was like, okay. I would rather have the couple hand out a nicely branded printed disc than go to Home Depot, or not Home Depot, <laughs> I mean, you get CDs there probably too now, but Office Depot or somewhere and get a silver disc, Sharpie their name right. on it and hand that out to friends because they might go, oh, well, Kelly was charging 50 bucks a DVD or $25 DVD. So we didn't really, we just went and made some of our own, you know? So now right. that's another little negative poke at you. Right. And I'm just like, you know, for the DVD part of it, it was cheap. I'm spending like a little time. 99% of people never got more than 10. Um, right. So it was, it was easy to do. And I, I did things like that. So it was just so easy for me. You pretty much, if you liked me and you could afford me, then I was going to do what I did best. And there was nothing else to think about or worry about. And that's when sure. I had peaked out at like 3,500 to 3,900 and doing almost 40 weddings if I wanted to in a year. And then I had, you know, that's when my 80, 20, my, my business was 80% of the revenue was from weddings. Okay. And it only spent really 20% of my time, but I was spending 80% of my time doing a million other things that didn't even allocate for 20% of my revenue. Sure. Uh, and that's where I got released the stress and the pressure and all these things because I got dialed in on the wedding business. I cut out all the other stuff and my brand, my reputation, everything just really, really took off. And that was around 2011, but I had been doing my first wedding was in 2005. 
And, right. and so it, 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 and I didn't have all the support and help and coaching and all these things that are available or people you can look up to now to, to get advice. Um, but I just find what resonates, what feels good, what makes the process easy for other people. So it's right. not confusion like you understand what's going on. You can talk to your peers about what's going on, but the more and more options and lingo and things you're talking about, the more it's like paralysis by analysis. Do I pick this package, that package? Do I add this thing or that thing? And the more confusion there is, right. the more or less likely they are to make the decision for you. Potentially the person who makes them have the easiest kind of process at times is, is who they'll book outside of just, I got to have this person, you know, type of ask. Right. Right. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah. So I guess then a follow-up question to that would be, so with my a la carte pricing, I have this entry-level price at 2800 which I feel like still catches a fair amount okay. of the market. Yeah. But if people build it out to what a normal wedding day or what their friends or what people okay. normally do, it's about 45 to 5 Okay, sure. So I feel like by having that lower entry point – it allows for more leads and more sure. people. Do you have your prices on your website? I do not. I have okay. a starting price. You do have a starting price. I do have you a starting want, price. If you want to, I mean, it's my humble opinion again, but you'll probably even potentially increase the lead flow when there's just no yeah. price at all. Um, no I, price. Okay. I See, mean, until I you're at a point that. where like, oh my gosh, there's so many leads. Like, I don't want to, I can't talk to everybody. Like, I know right. the people I think that you did the wedding, uh, wedding film retreat. Uh, is that pen weddings? Um, yeah. Yeah. So like they have a whole process to weed out everybody and their brother on their Oh, for sure. Because they've got so much volume. They want to make sure they're only dealing with people who really care and really want it. But when you're yes. still in those earlier career points, I mean, you are, you are still potentially cutting out somebody at the $2,500 price range, right? Who sure. might spend $3,500. Like once they get to experience you and talk to you and interact with you, they're like, right. Hell yeah, I'm booking this. But the reality is okay. if you're at 2,500, if they're at 2,500 and you got 2,800 psychologically, if there's no, again, brand affiliation, sure. they just skip over you because that's not sure. below the price they want to spend. And so I just sure. find that you could get some more people potentially by doing that. Sure. Other people say different. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard things. There's, and that's where. <laughs> so many trains of thought. Yes. And I hate that there is. And I, again, mine aren't right or wrong. It's just what right. resonates. These are just from experiential things that I personally had. And so are others sure. when they tell you to do whatever, but I just look at the context again. So when people do certain things, like I became real, if you would have looked at me without talking to me at a certain point in my career, I didn't have a, a phone number. I didn't have an email. I didn't have an address. Sure. I didn't have, I was a pain to get a hold of. Sure. But I had so many people interested in dealing with me. I didn't have time in a day to interact with them all. Sure. And so the people who had to have me from a brand personality, me perspective, they'd do whatever it took to find a way to contact me, to text okay. message me, would come through. But in those earlier days of building up, I'm talking to everybody. I mean, and I even had friends, like people not book me, see them at their friend's wedding, say the biggest, worst decision we made was not booking you to yes. save $500 and now we're going to send all our friends to you and you didn't even do our wedding. Yeah. And that wouldn't happen if I didn't have the conversation and the connection and they really liked me, sure. but they were a little budget price, so they didn't do it, but then they regretted it and now they refer me. So having those conversations, having those connections will only help your brand because you're sure. planting more seeds with people than all these people who just flush over you 
and never, never interact with you. Sure. Uh, because you're going to have the personality to really connect and put people over the edge. Right. Right. So on your inquiry form, like, do you have anything like estimated budget or any just to kind of weed that or have an idea of where they're coming from I don't think I at the time I I, I'd have to go what I do now but you know uh, back then I never did I I always just had like name email phone number date of the wedding and I think comments like just little thing it was simple form not again other people probably have you know other processes but a I right. think at times, like you filled out a question. I mean, I'm going to, I mean, I already know without a shadow of a doubt, the questionnaire you filled out will truly turn people off and not fill out like sure. for doing this call. It's like a whole yeah. bunch of questions on it. But right. at the same time, um, you know, I've also learned in doing this kind of stuff though, is that if I require nothing but a name and an email, I've got some joker Everyone, that, you know, doesn't yeah. care about anything. It's just really, truly wants to eat up you know, the time or whatever versus I can at least, if you put a little thought into these answers, I know that you care about what you're doing. And so, you know, you just have to take that again. It's where you're at right now. I don't have the bandwidth to just take calls with everybody and their brother that wants to fill out the form. So that is something where again, it's contextual. If I just wanted calls 10 hours a day, I'd have name and email and just, you know, jump on calls with people. Um, so you just have to see where you're at and, and experiment a little bit. Um, so yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Sounds Rock good. Feeling good? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sounds cool. great. There you have it. Another episode of Jumpstart Sessions. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click get coached on the podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care. 